episode 15 of Flyover Politics here at anchor.fm slash flyoverpolitics. I am Adam. And I'm Sean. And I can see Sean, which is kind of creeping me out a little bit because the last time I stared at Sean was the night of the election. And Sean, the entire time we were on Twitch, had this look on his face like, I don't believe what I'm seeing. I don't think it's going to go the way that I'm expecting it to. And now Sean's like cracking brewskis and he's just sliding in in his Bernie shirt and just doing his thing right now. So it's it's fun. Zero fucks. Yeah, zero fucks given. And uh, we decided to bring uh, somebody else uh, on the show with us this week because I had all these notes, I had all these plans, I had all these things I was going to review with Sean. I had like the the Trump audio talking uh, from Georgia and, and, and Sean, I saw on Twitter, like listen to the whole phone conversation. I'm like, oh, let's let's dissect this thing. And do you think something bad's going to happen on the inauguration and all this stuff? And then boom, it popped this last week with what happened at the Capitol. So we thought it would be a good idea uh, to, to bring an individual back on this podcast. She was actually a guest uh, a few weeks ago is last time we, we talked to this guest. And uh, I just feel like with what we're going to talk about tonight, we still have some some things I did want to bring up just to kind of end things on a more positive note. But um, I, I thought uh, we, we kind of collectively, Sean and I thought it would be good to have more than one, uh, more than just two people essentially on the show this week to talk about this. So we have uh, council member Ashley Van Orney uh, joining us also on video so we can stare at each other for some reason even though we're not releasing the video of this i don't know but we're we're using new technology so ashley uh welcome back to the podcast and uh sorry we had to bring you on when all hell broke loose uh in in dc but but welcome back yeah no it's uh honestly it's a great segue because we we all had a lot of regularly scheduled plans right we did start off their years and, and they've got Uh, agendas and priorities and and they're gung-ho about it and fired up to kind of turn over a new leaf when the calendar changes um and then this week happened and uh and so here we are yeah that's really the best way here we are like i had this i had sean i had like uh like a rather positive article to share about uh voter registration increasing in the state of iowa it's just 2020 extended another 12 months there is no positivity there is no. only darkness in this tunnel there is no light it will never end we were how many days what was this into 2021 that this happened was it six we were six, six fucking days yeah my That's optimism sequels are never good sequels <laughs> well, are never good some are depending but th- this is uh and and here's here's the other issue and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna start it out doom and gloom right away just i'm just gonna i have to because after and we'll we'll get into everything that you know all of us saw because I'm sure between the three of us we all saw different video footage and comments and you know I I know Sean was very active on Twitter this week Ashley you were very active on Twitter this week I normally am the the shit poster of the three of us on Twitter but that was really not the case this week um, but there was the the situation that I'm noticing now we've had this backlash to big tech of the banning of, of president Donald Trump from Twitter. And then there's been this reaction from the conservative side of, okay, now big tech is, is starting to ramp this up and they're going to uh, silence conservative voices and, and all these things are taking place. And I noticed then, I mean, this has been for a couple months now, the, the rise in popularity of the, the parlor app, which 
I know that they try to pretend like it's not a, a right wing conservative app, but it definitely is. I mean, that's that's where a lot of conservative voices went to um, after voicing displeasure with with Twitter. And David uh, Pakman shared something and I'm going to see if I can if I can show this to you. Um, and, and I took a screenshot of it. And I was kind of I was a little a little thrown by it. And I'm going to see if I can toss this up on the screen for you for everybody to see. But it was essentially kind of like uh, a warning of things to come maybe. And, and it was on the parlor app and I'm going to, I'm going to share this so you guys can can see what I'm looking at here. But, and I, again, I'm, I'm not trying to like ramp this up and, and freak everybody out. And, but, but I, I do think that it's, it's worth taking a look at this tweet and the, the tweet is from some kind of a Colonel that's, that's retired. That's on parlor. And it, it was basically saying, and, and there was, I, apparently there was a lot of warnings, like th- this, this idea that people didn't know that something was going to happen on January 6th, I guess is kind of surprising to some people. Uh, because I guess there was, if you're like, I'm not on TikTok, but I guess on TikTok there was a, a f- sea of videos of people all saying January 6th, like a countdown. And there was t-shirts that were created in, in the form of like the Avengers, but they were using the Avengers and Marvel logos, but saying January 6th and all this stuff. But this is this is the the tweet that David Pakman shared, and it's from Parler, and it said, "I'm just going to kind of read it verbatim for people, uh, obviously, who can't see this that what we're looking at." But it said, "Today, January 6, 2021, we patriots by the millions have arrived in Washington D.C. carrying banners of support for the greatest president the world has ever known. But if we must, many of us will return on January 19, 2021, carrying our weapons in support of our nation's resolve." to which the world will never forget. We will come in numbers that no standing army or police agency can match. However, the police are not our enemy unless they dis- they choose to be. All who will stand with the American patriots or who cannot stand with us, then that would be a good time for you to take a few vacation days. Signed this uh, American patriot as, as he ends this. So that is uh, a warning shot. So I guess I guess my question to, to both of you, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll start with Sean first is that, so like we had the warnings of January 6th. I'm not on TikTok, So I, I was oblivious to it. I didn't see a lot of it on Twitter. I thought if it, if it did hit Twitter, it would, it would come across somehow, but I didn't see it. But if we knew that there was kind of like a warning for January 6th, should we be then taking this just as seriously for the 19th? Yes. So, uh, I am on TikTok, but I'm not on like crazy right wing TikTok. Okay. The, that uh, I've been specifically uh, building the algorithm on my TikTok to be like pleasant kittens and stuff because it's like <laughs> a refuge of positivity for me. But um, the industry that I work in, so I do sales and I do federal government sales, defense sales, um, among other things. So I go to what's called SHOT Show every year, Shooters, Hunters, Outdoors, Tactical. It's Las Vegas. And... Um, I have customers that go there. I have distributors that go there. Um, but then it is hunting, shooting, outdoors, extraordinarily uh, conservative group. And if you are, if I, I am not surprised by this, I'm shocked by it. Like I'm shocked that it happened. I'm not surprised. Um, there are a lot of things that as I was watching it and watching the, unpreparedness of everybody involved both both on the police side 
and seemingly on the protesters' side. Just fucking surprised that they were there, right? Um, I'm not. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't. There have been people talking about wanting to kill Barack Obama. I heard people say they wanted to kill Hillary Clinton. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has been hated for. I've been doing this eleven years. They've hated Nancy Pelosi for eleven fucking years. Um, they hated Harry Reid before that. Uh, they immediately hated AOC. Immediately, they all hate Ilhan Omar. They hate Rashida Tlaib. Um, there, there is a rabid hatred on the right wing for left wing or Democrats in a position of power that is separate that from the policies that they're advancing. It is a personal hatred. It is a violent rhetoric that they use. The imagery that is used is violent. It is misogynistic. It is sexist in the case of every woman um, that I've seen. It is openly spoken about how patriots will rise up. This shit's... I've been hearing this for fucking years. And when this guy, supposedly a colonel, I have no idea... He did properly use the parentheses retired, so I assume that he is actually a retired colonel. Doesn't surprise me that someone in the armed forces or a cop, because uh, I've heard both people in the armed forces and cops speak extremely violently about uh, correcting the, the ills that they see in, in uh, our, our politics. And... Um, I don't, they were, they didn't bring their guns to DC cause it's illegal to bring their guns. Right. So they ended up surprisingly in the halls of Congress, some of whom wanted to be, uh, to murder Congress people. They were specifically looking for Nancy Pelosi. They were specifically looking for Mike Pence. They were specifically looking for Mitch McConnell, um, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar. They were specifically looking for the Congress people to kill. They had gallows outside. Um, if they're saying they're coming back on the 19th, they'll be back on the 19th. And by the 19th, I'm pretty sure they mean the 20th. I, think I was going to say, wrong. the inauguration's but, on the 20th. But. Listen, I didn't, I said they were violent, not smart. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. But, so, but actually um, like, is, yeah. is this, is this ringing true? I mean, you've been even locally, like how, what's the reaction locally? What were your response to the, to, to what we saw on the sixth? Um, you know, what's hard for me is that. I started my day out finishing out this uh, irresponsibly large bottle of champagne <laughs> that I had left over and was still like, you know, hanging on to being good from New Year's. And I just thought like, I'm going to start off. I woke up so early that day and, and started off with, you know, like a, a 630 um, glass of champagne. Cause I just thought like, you know, okay, why not? Because I thought, like, we're going to finally be done with this. We're going to certify these results today. And this is this is a big deal. It has been a long four years. At some point in time, if I can uh, if I can find it, I'll share you kind of uh, my day after Trump won reflection. And the hard part about that is as much as everybody thought that I was overreacting at the time, like, it was pretty long and not a thing was wrong. Like, there, you know, it's one of those moments where I want to say, where is the lie? Right. Like none of that. And that was four years ago. And 
and so here we are. And, and, you know, uh, at least once a year, I, I, I go to the Capitol. Um, it, it's been more than that in recent years, but you know, with COVID last year, I haven't been there since last March. Um, and, and I can say that I've had like the benefit and, and the privilege of having congressional um, staff take me on private tours. And at the same time, like Nancy Pelosi's office was still off guards to us. So knowing like how many hours I stood in various checkpoints and everything like that, and knowing how deep people got in, let alone inside Nancy's office, <clears throat> to me, it's just, um, I'm still in, in a lot of ways in a state of shock. Um, and I say that because I've, I've been a federal employee. Um, we, we try to just take in that information, but I've, but you know, I used to be um, an intern who opened the mail there. And I remember how many different times we had scares, very real credible scares of people sending poison in the mail and how I had a big red button in front of me. And I was trained, you know, I was like in my, you know, early twenties at the time was trained about what would happen if somebody was sending poisonous, you know, um, powder. Ricin or anthrax or something. Exactly. And it had happened when I was there. I mean, not like at my location, but it had happened at other federal yeah. offices. What I'm saying is like, I've had that. <clears throat> I've had people threaten federal security officers, you know, when I was a federal employee, I've worked with federal law enforcement, um, you know, where I've been on search warrants and things like that. And people were, you know, trying to attack us or whatnot. Uh, where we also understood why following, you know, 9-11, uh, following the Oklahoma City bombing, why all these federal buildings are uh, dissected and they're not in the same conglomerate anymore for all of our safety because of, you know, people who just lose their minds and, and try to harm people like this. And so it was just hard for me processing it. Also knowing that like annually once a year, you know, I, I still alongside, you know, the Cedar Rapids Police Department and they take us through any security measures that we have and remind us about how we should keep, be keeping our head on a swivel and remind us about all the different um, places in our own city hall uh, that are bulletproof. And so at some point in time, you have to really consider, okay, if I'm in the seated position and an armed guard comes in, how many seconds is it going to take me to get under this desk, let alone to get the, to the next checkpoint? And, and how many seconds am I going to be unguarded to get behind the next you know, barrier mm -hmm. and then get out? That's what I was imagining when I was then thinking, are my friends and my family okay? And I was trying to message them to, to, to just check in on the Congress members that I talked to that are my friends, ask about them and their staff, and then ask about you know, my family uh, who are federal employees in our nation's capital. And I think it was just... Um, as I was watching this, I think it was really hard as well because, you know, I remember uh, my cousin had said, I just said, like, don't hesitate for a second. Like, if this, if this starts bubbling up again, just get out of there as soon as you get wind, even if it's just like you're, you're kind of, you know, think that this might happen. And they said, yeah, they've got two young kids. Um, and they yeah. said, we all have our bags packed so that we could leave within 30 minutes if we have to. Who lives like that? Yeah. Why should we have to? You know what I mean? Like this is an extremely guarded place. I've done press on the White House lawn. 
It's an extremely guarded place. This shouldn't have ever happened. And, and Adam, to your point, you know, one of the things that I was just tweeting not long ago was something that just like angers me. It makes me furious. The fact that, you know, this AP article, which is a very reputable source, this AP article is talking about that they had three days of warning where the Pentagon, for God's sake, asked the U.S. Capitol Police, this is probably going to get out of hand. Do you want our help? And they said no. Yeah. They asked wow. them that same day, do you want help? And, yes. and offered FBI. And they didn't take them up on it. So it's not, it makes sense that the chief of the U.S. Capitol Police has like now bailed. Yeah. Because what the hell were you thinking? How this happened because we failed to, and and you know what, the the, the scariest part about all of this is is take a national disaster or a national threat. We have missed the signs for a very long time. We have some real security national defense issues here. Well, that was the one thing that I kept hearing over and over again when I was turning on the different uh, media channels that day was what is going on with security? And then when you would see footage that they got their hands on and then Twitter had because there was there was a bunch of people that were on the ground that were either part of the protests or they're part of media and they snuck in or they were just kind of like. Hey, I have a Twitter account with 40,000 followers and I'm, I'm here and I'm recording. Cause like literally the person who sat down at Nancy Pelosi's desk took a photo of her computer and you could see her outlook and you could see her, you could mm-hmm. see like her hair appointments. Like it was, it was bizarre. But I, the one thing that I kept, I kept asking myself and I kept hearing everybody say is why were they allowed to even get that far? I watched that one security guy in that hallway by himself. Now granted as he retreated up, the stairs a couple flights more security was there but i just don't understand like that is i mean when when ashley just said she was shielded from nancy pelosi's office but then these people can just so is is it again I, i'm not trying to get conspiracy theory heavy because that's been happening just about everybody that i've talked to on the other side of the the aisle that supports the president they're like full-blown tinfoil hat conspiracy th- and i just i it's shocking to me that they I, I, it was a lot of whataboutism this week of like, well, it's okay for Black Lives Matter to set businesses on fire and smash windows and cause mayhem, but a, a couple, you know, patriots decide. But I'm like, you can't go into the Capitol and do that and think that that's normal. And then what was weird was there was there was some footage that looked a little tame, and then there was a lot more footage that was so aggressive, like the uh, Capitol police officer who's now dead. That was basically I I, I don't want to know if it was. because of the fire extinguisher, but he was beaten with a fire extinguisher and I'm sure he got trampled. Have you seen that video? Yeah, I watched it. It is, it is, um, when I heard that a a police officer was killed with a fire extinguisher, I thought that it was somebody chucking a fire extinguisher off of a stairwell or off of a, a high place, right? And it hit a cop and it was one of those like, were you trying to cause mayhem? Yeah. Did you hit a cop? Yeah. And then he, no, if you haven't seen this and you're listening to this, um, it's on, it's on Twitter. It's on the internet. They grab a cop out of a vestibule. They drag him into a crowd and they beat him with everything they have to include the American flag. There was a man holding an American flag that beat a cop to death with an American flag, a fire extinguisher, and the rest of them use their fists and their, their feet is, this is a 
violent group within our political sphere that has been ignored because they happen to support one of the political parties. That's it. And going back to Black Lives Matter versus what happened at the Capitol. Yeah, there is a difference. There is a difference. The one one group is is reacting to a systemic hatred and a systemic oppression that's lasted hundreds of years to the inception of this country. That's that's the Black Lives Matter group. And if as a part of that demonstration, some of those people get out of hand, that anger or the opportunism of the moment overcomes them and they burn down a target or a cop station, the police station being the the symbol of that oppression, uh, or they loot some businesses, that is an unfortunate byproduct I don't support that comes out of the reaction to that oppression. What we saw at the Capitol, though, was a angry mob whipped up by the president to enact a coup or a putsch, if you want to be fucking technical about it or whatever. Enact a coup or a putsch against the, 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 the incumbent president of the United States. And it is through that ignorance and that partisanship not a reaction to any kind of uh, um, oppression, whether real or perceived. It is purely a uh, violent way to keep a man that they love in power. It's, it's there is no, it is not the same. Was was there violence? Yeah. yeah. It was the 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 cause of that violence the same? You can't tell me. That the two are the fucking same. Like, so if you're listening to this and you think they're the same, they're absolutely not. A lot of people do, though. Like, like it's just again, and I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to be careful about the the generalization of it, but I've I've talked to a lot of people that were just like, oh, so it's they they just immediately went to the Black Lives Matter stuff, and and there was, it's just that's the the one issue. Um, that is that that the what aboutism stuff, and we've talked about that before on this podcast, Sean of. That that has been going on for almost a decade now, thanks to cable news, where you they would create these weird debate situations, and immediately they'd say, "Well, yeah, but what about this?" and and that that's just kind of unfortunately the one aspect of social media. It's very easy to you show the the one photo and then the other photo, and you're like, "Oh, this is this is okay, but this isn't." Okay. These two are the same, right? Yeah, well, and then, it, I think there's really important points here. One. Um, if there were Black Lives Matter protests, they were homegrown, staying in your home area, talking about what you wanted to see differently in police reform in your locality. There weren't droves of people coming throughout the U.S. for, you know, for hours and hours on busloads that, you know, I was seeing reports that that Clarence Thomas's wife bought, which is just like my head is exploding at that, that, that she encourage slash help pay for some of this if you don't know who clarence thomas is he's a sitting supreme court justice and his wife is a massive fundraiser for republican causes uh extraordinarily partisan family so go ahead ashley sorry i just want to give you a background so you've got that but but the fact is so one thing that i think gets a little bit complicated because I, i think that they're vastly different for every single reason um and and i don't think we've got enough 
time, you know, enough minutes on any one podcast to get into like this years long debate um, because there's just so much education that has to happen to understand like why they're very different. That being said, um, you know, there, there was a, a federal courthouse that was caught up in Black Lives Matter protests in Seattle, okay? So put a, put a very small pin in that. This is different because you're literally going to the U.S. Capitol, the nation's capital, when they're counting votes for an election. That is why in every single, it doesn't matter if you're like you're there because you think it's hysterical and you want to like egg on your buddies or whatever. If you're trying to fuck with our elections, our national elections, there is, there is no good that can come of that. No good. This is an insurrection. Patriots is not being, not being loyal to one person. It's being loyal to our country. Donald Trump is not loyal to our country. Donald Trump is a president. He serves his own, you know, everything that he wants about him. I mean, that's why he was so fond of like having the American flag replaced with his flag. People were literally in, in Cedar Rapids, in our locality, literally taking the American flag off of their flagpoles and flying Trump's flag. This is a big deal. Now you're now positioning yourself as a demagogue, right? And, and that is, this is a big issue. So what I appreciated when I saw uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's video, and, and, and there are plenty of times where I would pay him no mind. <laughs> but his understanding and his explanation of how this is our crystal knot is not off. I, mean, I think it's on point because to me, that's what it felt like. I, I had family. My, my story is, you know, uh, my German family got split up during the second world war. One brother made it out before the war. The other one couldn't make it out in time and then had to, you know, ended up being a refugee, an English refugee. Um, England at the time was, couldn't be bothered by all these, you know, German refugees. And, and to them, it was like a modern day Syria, right? Where all these Syrian refugees were descending and they were bothering everybody. It was a different culture and they had all these needs and everything like this. And people were like, oh, get away, which is totally ridiculous. But that happened then. And now in reflection, England has said that this is one of the, the worst things that they've ever done. Like the biggest stain on the history of England. And my grandfather was loaded up into a steered ship as a Denaro boy and shipped off like trash to Australia, which is not a bad place to, you know, to go. But <laughs> saying like this is where like they used to send all, you know, the hypothetical or like the figurative like human trash, yeah. right? Yeah, was... met up with met up with my grandmother there. But what I'm saying is like, so this is something that like I remember hearing my family story about how they came to be in the US. And, and that was a part of it. And so I, I could see my family story and what Arnold was talking about and in his, you know, in his family's history story. And, and this is that happening. This is what it looks like. It doesn't look like somebody coming to your face and saying, I hate black people and I'm going to murder them. No, it's subtle shit. And that's what's terrifying is because people aren't listening. They're not realizing that this is actually what it looks like. <clears throat> Right. And what it must have felt like at the beginning of any of these like major, major wars like World War Two and, and the uprising of, of Nazi Germany, it starts off like this, folks. And one of the things that is frustrating is that all of the things exactly what you said, that it isn't straight out and out racism. It's the 
you know, Black Lives Matter and people screaming, all lives matter or blue lives matter. It's that, it's that obfuscation of the true intent of what you're, you're doing in this bullshit fucking language. And I have to pretend, or I'm supposed to pretend as though you're being legitimate with it. No, like you can watch Fox News and watch them spin stuff. Like they won't talk about how black people or migrants or immigrants uh, or basically non-white people in this country have had a harder time throughout American history. Or if they do admit that, it will be couched with, but we took care of that. That's done now. It's all done. It's all fine now. And the whole ideology is built on lying both about American history and about our current like our current status like the, it's obfuscating and bullshitting our own psyche about what this country was and what it is and the finest the fucking finest example i can offer if you don't believe me that that your upbringing and your understanding of american history is a lie let's go to george washington's teeth and I remember being taught in school that George Washington had wooden teeth that whistled when he talked as an old man. Right? Right? Did you, did you guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, that was. They weren't. They weren't fucking wooden teeth. They were teeth ripped from his slave's mouth and put into dentures. You can go and look. Go to Mount Vernon. Go to their website. Google Mount Vernon George Washington's teeth. You can see the fucking dentures. It is a. It is a history that's been massaged through white supremacy and, and American exceptionalism to make you believe that we're better than what we did, to make you think that we didn't actually do those things or that that was a misunderstanding or the act of a couple bad Americans rather than a continuous straight vein of white nationalism, white supremacy, and this bullshit idea of American exceptionalism that if we did it, it's because we are right in doing it. And it, this is what's manifested in Q conspiracies uh, and people following Donald Trump because he makes them feel good about the America that they want to live in. That they don't see around them because the there are people who disagree with their worldview and their, their material needs aren't being met. And so they find this fucking myth in this fucking asshole from New York that everybody's known since the 70s a fucking asshole. And now he's a part of that American exceptionalism myth too. It's a straight line from Plymouth Rock, whoopsie-daisy genocide of the American Indians, Donald Trump. Straight fucking line. Well, I mean, and I'm when, when I have these conversations with people too that are like vehement supporters, like I, I there are some things they say where I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like you're you're surrounded by this like woke culture and the president is slapping that back and to them that kind of stuff is very important to them um I, i'm sean and i have had many disagreements on this podcast about the woke culture especially the, the stuff i see on twitter but i never at any point like i hate that stuff but i never at any point that i think well that's why i'm gonna go vote for donald trump like it just didn't there's there's a there's a level of and I, I wrote this on, on, on Twitter this week because it just it struck me when I was having these conversations with people that were kind of just OK with what happened this week and didn't think it was as big. They were it was a lot of like, oh, you're overreacting and, and the whataboutism stuff. But I, it, it struck me in, in these conversations that he really, truly took advantage of people that don't have a lot of time 
to to read books, listen to podcasts, um, watch the news. They have a lot going on in their lives, and I get it. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that people have to worry about, but he definitely tapped into that and and did a very good job at tapping into that because he he fired up a, a huge huge section of this country. I mean, anyone that that casted a vote for him. Uh, not only in 2016, it made more sense to me when they, they casted a vote for him in 2016. I, I was more confused at how people were still cool with it four years later than, than I was four years ago. But, but just, just think about that. And then I was also thinking of like, if you did go into the, the booth or you did absentee or whatever, and you did vote for the president and you saw those images and your reaction to it was just like, eh. I, is is have we reached this like unchangeable point in American history where people are just kind of cool with going along with this kind of stuff? Like they they just like the images that I saw of Capitol Police having to pull weapons on these people, and then one of the Capitol Police officers having to open fire and ultimately kill a woman that was a Trump supporter, who I I, I, I literally watched her life drained from her eyes as she fell to the ground as blood was pouring out of her neck. And I was watching this going like, what, how can you do it? It's some of the conversations that Sean, even I had some disagreements on about going to protest. I, I made a very blanket statement that I think going to protest are stupid. And when I said that I was saying, I don't want to put myself in harm's way because of what that could do to my family. And I remember having this conversation with Sean and Sean was, was making valid points about why protesting isn't stupid and why it is, there is value in going to these protests, but I still came back to the like, yeah, but Sean, I don't want to get punched in the face for something that, you know, it just, it's not worth it to me. And I, I, that though, the conversation that Sean and I had was just like rolling through my brain as I was watching these people just like pushing capital. So this wasn't a protest though. Well, this was a fucking full-on insurrection. Would you consider, protests are different? Would you consider the the gathering a protest though? Like the whatever that was. What was it called? The it was called the one at the White House. The one. Well, what, what yeah. was it called earlier in the day that the president spoke at? It was that like, was a rally. So that was, yeah. but it was called like stop the stop the stop steal. the steal. Okay. But but here's the thing: like, what business does a sitting president who yeah. lost an election? have in having a campaign event on the day that they're going to uh, confirm the, the electoral college votes. Yeah. What did we think this was? Exactly. His history, right? This was him firing up his base. I mean, he directed them. Rudy Giuliani directed them to say, you know, trial by what was it? Trial by uh, trial by combat. Yes. So what, what other impression would impressionable people who are fired up and and are well known to be well armed, what did you expect that to be interpreted as? The hard part is this. We want to talk about like the 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 real like mind-blowing thing that like, listen, as far as I understand, the the DC police union overwhelmingly supported President Trump. Okay. So at a minimum, we know that there is a good base within any of the police forces that exist in Washington, D.C. that are sympathizers. 
So at a minimum, it makes sense that there's a possibility that maybe somebody didn't, you know, so this is like when we're seeing the selfies that are happening, right? Yeah. Um, we know that in this chaos, there were moments of awe of people realizing that they, holy shit, we actually got into a very secure place. And now what do we do? Is there a plan? What's there? Who's leading this thing? You know, so that stuff was definitely happening. But I don't want to take for a moment those pauses in the chaos uh, to to uh, explain away or um, apologize for the harm that was caused. Because as there was those moments of stillness in between what they're going to do next, people outside were continuing to escalate and, and causing a lot of this harm. That's where people in the crowd that came there along them to support this, you know, this riot and insurrection along with them were getting trampled, right? Um, it wasn't, some people died because of health uh, events that happened to them, not because they were beat up or anything like that, because again, they got trampled. So what I'm saying is that there was no plan other than firing up the base and letting them loose. Yeah. And it's, and it's really hard because, you know, we saw this island chasing, you know, chasing that black uh, police officer up the stairs. Now you basically have two choices. I think it's completely valid to say that like the best thing that this person you know, could do is to retreat. I think very valid, but at the same time, I can't imagine any of us would have faulted that person from drawing their firearms, giving enough warnings, and then eventually just saying, you know what, you got like a thousand people behind you. I'm going to take out a few. I was kind of surprised that we didn't see that. Like, I know there was that one moment in the, the house chamber where he fired off a shot and it, it hit that woman. But there were, you're right, there were moments where it, it was almost like they they couldn't contemplate the fact that that many people were going to be gathered and coming at them. And I, I'm, I'm sure they've had security, uh, you know, conversations and protocols, like if this ever happens, but I don't think they ever imagined it would ever happen. But I often wonder if one of those guys did draw their firearm and just start going for it, if that would then really really escalate like i wonder if that went through their mind of like if i really do this this could make it 20 right. times worse so here's the thing that we have to keep in mind right um we had several protests um here and i was at every single one of them because i thought well one i need to be where my constituents are to hear what they have to say um the other thing is like being i think very um very able-minded and, and able to operate in high stakes, you know, high uh, emotional environments. I thought if something really goes down, I can be here to hopefully help and, and, and start to de-escalate a situation or, or maybe just like keep some violence away, you know? So I was definitely like there, you know, with intentionality of like trying to make sure that nobody got harmed, no officers, no citizens, nobody in between. Um, but that being said, knowing that there were planned protests, we had our sheriff's department loaded up with riot gear and all their weapons and tear gas, you know, at one of the, the, the most populated protests. And it's something we don't talk about, but what I'm saying is that like, absolutely that kind of a response should have been geared up. Somebody's head needs to roll. And I say that because somebody made a decision knowing that this was coming, knowing how many people were planned for that rally that had no business happening in the first place. And somebody decided, nah, we're good. No, you weren't. That was the worst call you could have made. 
And, and now you've got countries that we normally send U.S. troops, taxpayer dollars are sending U.S. <clears throat> troops to these countries. When this stuff happens in their country, looking at us, calling yeah. us the real banana republic. I'm just saying, like, this is this is mind blowing. It's bizarre. And if anybody. Let's just let me say this for a second. For all of our Republican federally elected officials who are asking us to tone it down, like Ashley Hinzen, for all for Feenstra, who's like laughing this off and everybody else in between, who's just like trying to tamp it down, like we're going to be OK. This is not OK. They no. need to take this seriously and they need to you know, understand fully the role that they played when they rode Trump's coattails to their reelection and to their election because they yeah. caught it. And honestly, Ashley Hinson should be ashamed of herself at the fact that she continued day of and days after saying stop Pelosi when Pelosi's office. I mean, I just have to say, like, there is a real perversion of somebody getting into the Speaker of the House's very well guarded office. And as a woman, I can't help but feel like this is like a, a physical raping and rapture of somebody's office because that is so intimate and so insulting and so blasphemous to have somebody ransack your office, let alone like how many classified. I can't even imagine. I honestly can't even imagine. And so if we've got our own Congress members who are laughing this off and still saying yeah. to go after Speaker Pelosi, how fucking yeah. dare you? Yeah. It, it's it's uh, one of the things that I don't I don't know that anybody really caught or many people really caught who don't like sit on Twitter and doom scroll like I do um, <laughs> is that this wasn't an isolated thing right there was a stop the steal rally that was in the rotunda of the Capitol in in Des Moines Iowa there were stop the steal rallies in Arizona there were stop the steal rallies in Oregon. Uh, there were stop the steal rallies in states around the country that went to uh, state houses that were in tandem with the stop the steal rally in D.C. This, it wasn't an isolated thing. Uh, they did this in multiple places. When, Sorry. When our, in, in some expected for tomorrow when our legislature resumes. Yeah, it's Jesus. and this is this is uh, a continuation of the shit that we saw in Michigan this summer. With Michigan air quotes patriots, if you can't see my air quotes, uh, air quotes patriots uh, marching their asses into uh, uh, the legislature in Michigan, and and some of them wanted to assassinate the the governor of fucking Michigan. Or they're they're very realistic, very well thought out. I think there was what thirteen people arrested in that. I think so. Kidnap mm -hmm. and torture uh, Governor Whitmer. And and. For those of you who who see the shit on Parler or see the shit on Fox News of just a bunch of dumb dumbs fucking off in the in the Capitol, among those people were the people that erected a noose, who erected gallows. Among those people were the people who were marching around specifically looking for Nancy Pelosi, uh, with handcuffs and not just like one pair, one set of handcuffs. Yeah, zip tied dude, handcuffs dude with the, the zip ties in the house chamber, like crawling up on. Up. I mean, like that was uh, that was that in... was not his first time thinking right. about this, prepping for this. Right. That I mean, wasn't I mean, like any of us, you know, went to Tyson's and just got some stuff and thought, oh, I'm going to go to D.C. and see what happens. No, it took me years to collect all of mine. <laughs> it was very I, I have to. It was very strange that those images would come out and people are like, oh, you're just overreacting like. 
I legitimately think that if they had gotten in there and security had not escorted out uh, the members yes. of the house, they yes. were going to start zi- tying people up, zip tying people. You know, you know, they would have loved that to get the opportunity to have like uh, AOC or whoever zip tied up, taking selfies like that would have been the, that would have been potentially the scene. We uh, we saw the opposite because they got everybody out. Um, but it was it was very odd to me that those images were widely available and people were still like, eh, just, just some Patriots. And I, I, I don't, and it was, and then I, then I heard the immediately the rhetoric changed to actually, there was some members of Antifa that infiltrated this, uh, this, yeah. and then, th- then that started to really take off. And then, uh, uh, Republican, uh, uh elected officials started also uh, saying that rhetoric, uh, going on television and, and tweeting out, I Antifa, Antifa, Antifa. And it just, it was very, the, the, the lack, again, Sean and I have had this conversation about the lack of responsibility on, on the part of the president. Like you're just, you're, you're, you're never going to, he's never going to come out and take responsibility for something. But the people that did kind of line up, like the stuff that, that you were talking about, actually, the, the elected officials that lined up behind him, they had an opportunity now to, to really, and I'm kind of surprised they haven't already when he lost. I thought at that point they were going to start to really yeah. back off, but some of them are just like digging in even harder and it's very weird that they just they're refusing to tap. josh holly oh, ted yeah. cruz yeah like 11 senators ted cruz was still sending out fundraising emails during this yeah text messages riling this same stuff up yeah same yeah verbatim rhetoric it yeah. is so revolting and then he he's, tries to change stance on television. Do you see what he said on TV? He's like, well, actually, I haven't really supported a lot of what the president said the last four years. And it just it was very like, well, I got to hurry up and hit the old car in reverse here. And it was just like, I mean, think of, I mean, again, I want to go back because I know that it's really easy to assume and, and to, to uh, coddle ourselves into thinking like this isn't like Nazi Germany. OK, because. We don't have concentration camps, okay? Um, but we have told ourselves way too many times that like this could never happen again, right? There's too many mechanisms and there are too many fail safes. But again, these kinds of, you know, th- this kind of groundwork is exactly how this stuff starts. Um, because, you know, unfortunately, y- y- you get these people who convince themselves, which isn't, you know, that they, that they didn't really have a role in it. We've got a we've got a mayor I saw from Iowa, small town Iowa, that was there who was like, well, I mean, I was just like kind of there for the rally. Listen, you do not drive sixteen hours, right? Uh, or fly in, book a hotel, all this stuff. That is very intentional. And again, you have no business as an elected official, let alone a leadership role in the executive leadership role, being there. And you don't get to back out of it and pretend. Ted Cruz or anybody else who wants to try and like, you know, absolve them, themselves of blame. Now you don't get to do that because you rode those coattails to be where you are now. And again, there's no yeah. business being there. Nobody had it. the problem as well. Why all of those people are equally complicit, whether it was with rhetoric or actually like being a physical body is at a certain point, you get to that tipping point of a mob mentality, right? where you see all these people and you're like, we are fucking doing this, right? Yeah. Yeah, you end up like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just going with everybody. And, oh, right. there's somebody executing, you know, a congressman up there. But Whoops. I didn't do it, 
right? I mean, I was in the crowd. We I all, wasn't. Like, I, I didn't do that. I'm just saying that, like, listen, Lollapalooza has better security than the Capitol did that day. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Insane. I. That's insane. Okay. That's one of. I have stood in lines at Lollapalooza with just as many packed in people trying to get in when I paid several hundred dollars for a badge had already been more than verified. They had all my credit card information, everything like this. And I still had to wait hours to get in. Yeah. What the hell happened? I, 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 well, you both, I have, there. I mean, you both saw pretty tight security, I would assume. Right. I mean, it's not like no. just not really. No. So, so really was this a, almost my, a nine 11 in that the airport industry was grossly underprepared and they had to learn a really, really tough lesson. And is this going to be that for the capital? That yeah, people might actually try to fucking run in here and do something. And we I, I hope it is. I hope it is. I hope this is like when it really take you know gets taken seriously. And and like I said, I mean maybe it's because the places that I've been going are not like visitor places. You know, they're mm. they're they're to do the business part. Um, but yeah, this never should have happened. And, and again, they had every single, they had all of the breadcrumbs they needed to know that this was a, a good possibility. And, uh, yeah. and you know, I mean, the president of the United States was tweeting this out. See you on the six, you know, it was, yeah, it was known. So <laughs> yeah, the, the, the active, so there's a difference between, um, barrier security uh and then like i don't know the right terms for it but like there's barrier security that would physically stop me from entering on a normal business day like the the x-ray machines right so i've gone through when i go when i go to you know congressman's office or senator's office there's the x-ray machine that you go through and you put your bag down you take your whatever out and you lay it there and you slide it through somebody looks at it and you walk through the metal detector and you're off if you're if you're going through the right time of the day the right the right door 10, five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, but there's always a shitload of security there. At least what it looks like to me is like, you know, a dude walking around in a suit with a couple of colleagues, a uh, lot of cops everywhere. Um, and it, it it's very imposing um, when you go and you see, um, you know, a cop with a, a long rifle and just patrolling, right? Like in in where we are in the Midwest, your cops may have long rifles. They're in their vehicles or they're at the station. But in D.C., they're standing at the door of the building you're going into. Or in the case of the the White House or the Treasury, they're on top of the building. And and it's an imposing it's an imposing sight to see for for me when I go. I leave here and normally just, you know, howdy doody, have my gun on my hip, my six shooter and a toilet on my finger when I'm eating my donut to like, you know, cops there. And, and it's a, the, 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 the point of them standing there, uh, eight hours a day is to just look fucking imposing and to see that kind of crumble the way that it did is, is, uh, a fucking huge shock. Cause it, they were completely unprepared both in their training they got they got their assets out right they got their the principles out or they locked them in their rooms so nobody no one was a target yeah that got hurt right which is good we, sh we should we should give credit where credit is due for that they right. did the thing yeah. about if those female interns 
Yes. Have, have taken the actual electoral college ballots, just yep. have the fortitude to do that. You know that somebody would have happened upon them. I don't think any I don't think them. Of us has ever actually like seen what they really look like unless we've actually worked in Congress mm -hmm. or, you know, been an aide or something like that. Because I know that that was the first time I've ever seen this like beautiful leather bound yeah. you know, box. There's some pomp and circumstance there. Yeah. But I mean, like somebody would have happened upon them and been like, yeah. I'm taking these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would have been bad. It would have been. Burn it. I, and the thought, because that's, you know, I, I shared a video that I, I wish I could have found it, but I, I shared a video with Sean of uh, the definitely like the heavy, heavy religious right after the election was over saying God's not done. God still has a plan. And that plan is for President Trump to stay president. And there was like this this like rhetoric that that was continuing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I and you know that if the Electoral College ballots would have been burned that audience would have been like, hallelujah, my prayers have been answered and President Trump isn't going anywhere. And, and there's, it, I, I remember watching, it was a, it was an Irish journalist was going to a bunch of Trump rallies and he was, this was after Trump had lost and going like, okay, so Biden won. They're like, no, 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 Biden didn't win. He's like, well, yeah, he won. So like, what are you going to do when he, when he's signed in? They're like, oh, we're not, he's not going to be signed in. Like there was a genuine, yeah. It's just this. It's so odd. And I, I shared a, a team's call that Frank Luntz did with a bunch of Trump voters. And there was one Trump voter from New York that has a law background telling all these people like, yeah, you can't. Yeah, it was and it was so bizarre to watch him give, you know, very, very basic law, factual information. And I was watching the faces of all the other Trump voters and they're like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. And he was like, "What do you?" I don't trust him now. He's a fucking lawyer. Yeah, and then they immediately turned on that guy, and that guy's like, "Listen, I voted for Trump, and even I know this is over. Like, you gotta, you gotta move on." And and it was just so bizarre. And it's like this. I I don't. It, it's is it is it a form of nationalism? Is it a form of just these people have they've they've committed and they don't want to admit maybe that they made a mistake? And I know that my my thought was if they see what happened at the Capitol. Maybe they're going to reevaluate, and I did genuinely see some people, but it wasn't very much. And I, I don't, I just can't imagine what is next. Regardless of nothing happens, I know they're putting the unscalable fencing up around DC. I saw a video uh, tonight, actually, that they're they're doing the the seven, what is it, seven foot tall or eight foot tall, whatever the the fencing that you can't. They're they're putting it all over DC. So, you know, security is going to, I mean, I hope I, I'm, I'm under the impression security is going to be super tight uh, for the inauguration. But the theory was that Trump was going to hold some kind of a reelection uh, event. But if he gets impeached, then that means what you can't run for president again. Right. I mean, essentially, right. like if well, and he, he's already said he's not, which is just like so. I mean, there is absolutely no grace in our current presidency. The fact that he is such a sore temper tantrum loser that he won't even go to hand it off, which is just, which I think they said it hasn't been done in like what? I mean, this we is looked like it up. Actually, there's there was three other presidents that refused to attend the inauguration. And, and so Trump would be the fourth. Yeah, all I mean, in like the 1800s, 1700s, yeah, which is just so ridiculous. So the fact that he's gonna, you know, take his sorry attitude and just go home and pout, 
it doesn't, it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to say that when he's not going to be there, he's planning for an alternate event at that time to sure. fire up. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is something that like we need to <laughs> hunker down for the next, you know, couple of weeks at a minimum, yeah. like knowing that like he's not done shit stirring because that's just, that's his MO. And he did, I, I you know, the, it took weeks for him to do this, but he did give a speech where he essentially, he didn't concede, but he did say, this I, is the written script that he read. Yes. And I, and I, yeah. I, I remember you know, listening to him like, well, he, yeah, th- yeah, this wasn't coming from him. You're right. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that, actually, because when you were listening to him give the speech, you could tell he was reading off a teleprompter and, you know, someone in that cabinet was like, listen, if you don't say this and you don't gracefully kind of exit stage left, any thought of you trying to run for president again is done. Like, you're never going to come back here. You're never going to be able to get back here or even have the possibility to try to get back here. So I'm sure at that point he's like, all right, I'll read it. And you, and you, and, but he still, you know, snuck in the usual talking points of the election was stolen. I understand, you know, all that kind of stuff, but we finally did get that. I'm going to agree to some peaceful, you know, transfer of power. Like I'm, I'm glad we at least got that, that that's something. I mean, it, yes, it's not what we want to hear verbatim, but we did finally get that. And he said, he's not going to the inauguration, like Ashley said, and, and, we get that, but you're right though. It kind of feels like this is the, this is like uh, the, the second act that's coming now is he lost, uh, but his base is convinced he didn't lose. And he's going to, I mean, he was, he was already fundraising off of the, uh, right after the election was over, he was already fundraising. So it, yeah, I mean, listen, he's got a ton of debts. He's never played, you know, paid for oh, yeah. his entire life, let alone during his campaign that he still has to, make up for or um since you know since he was since he lost and since he may not if they're successful in uh impeaching him yet again and it actually gets approved by the senate you know this could ban him from this is the only one of the four points that are kind of floating around that is even valid one we, we have to be really honest here there's even with a really crap president there's no way that you're ever going to just let them out into the wild and not have security because it's too big of a national threat. So we got to just prove that meme is not accurate. Okay. He's not going to lose his pension, whether we want him to or not, unless there's some policy change, but that's not going to happen. He's going to be protected. This horrible pain in our butts is going to have the highest level of protection as he walks around with his little pity party. But, you know, I, I think, one of the things that I just wanted to make sure we mentioned in this conversation is, you know, to Sean's point of, of rewriting history, right? Why it's so important that every single outlet talks about this openly and honestly now is because we've done such a poor job of like holding our own selves accountable as we've come and stolen this land, you know, from the people who are living here, we've, you know, uh, raped and pillaged people and forced them to be here and build our nation for us as we've had this story and have like convinced ourselves it's one way and it's completely not and we're right. hiding all these truths it's really really important that we learn from what's happening right now and talk about it openly and honestly and just get the facts right and it's hard to watch uh and, and black lives matter um advocates and and activists have a really good point you, you've got a war veteran, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot dead when she was trying, you know, as an insurrectionist, uh, was warned several times, 
and, and this is the one that we were talking about earlier, right? Uh, that's what we've heard, right? We've heard about the fact that, that she was a war vet. We didn't hear about the arrest record that she had, which is exactly what everybody brought up when George Floyd was murdered. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's fucking painful. I read a book uh, a couple of years ago, I want to say like 2015, called They Can't Kill Us All. And that's what really helped me like understand, because at the time I didn't understand what it meant when people said black, you know, uh, black lives matter, because I, mm-hmm. I felt out. But it was after I read that book that I really started to understand because I did what we all need to do right now. If you don't get it, start educating yourselves. Understand what the word patriot actually means. Understand the difference between a riot and a protest and insurrection. We have to do these things. Right. We don't start educating ourselves. We're going to sit here and and this is only going to get worse. Yeah. Right. Now, let me so Ashley, specifically towards you, I'm going to go on a touch of a rant, and then Adam has something queued up I want to walk, and then I'm going to ask you at the end of that how we move forward with people that you have to work with, right? So you've mentioned um, that you've had to work with uh, politicians. You're on city council here. You work with different levels of government all the way up to the federal level to, to do to you know, work on people's material needs, material requirements to live in, in our community. 147 of our Congress people voted after this happened, voted to uh, not certify the election. So the thing that the, the murderers in the Capitol and the insurrectionists in the Capitol uh, were trying to achieve, 147 Congress people voted for advancing that ideology they're uh downplaying their involvement they're whitewashing uh their their fingerprints they're obfuscating their positions um they're they're trying to change the subject in the you know multiple cases but most specifically uh, my arch nemesis ted cruz uh is trying to say that the real thing that we should all be worrying about is um congressmen not having Twitter access and the president not having Twitter access and part and the the you know the uh, uh, impacts on free speech that that has. Now, to your point, it doesn't appear that they'll learn that lesson on their own. They'll have to be forced to learn that lesson. But at the same time, there's no real mechanism that seems to be exercised or is seeming to be exercised at, at, right now that's going to expel these people from our government. So they're going to remain. Now, Adam, could you, could you push play on this video real quick? Sure, and this absolutely. is, this is the, the type of person who was just elected to Congress. So the vanguard of this, you know, conservative movement that is closer to Q than Ronald Reagan and is closer to, you know, uh, what's his name? on InfoWars. What's his name? Alex Jones. Alex Jones on Info InfoWars than H.W. Bush. Now, I hate them all, but on the spectrum of sanity, right, you've you've gotten to a point where you're just straight fucking insane. And could you could you hit play on this one for me, please? Yeah, do we need to send anything up about what we're going to see, or you just want Nope. To- <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, this yeah, this like is a congresswoman. <laughs> this is congresswoman from Illinois. Uh yeah. I think she speaks for herself. 
Okay. Well, listen, here we go. This is uh, some kind of Chicago uh, outlet. So here we go. Newly elected Congresswoman from Illinois is being criticized for quoting Adolf Hitler outside the Capitol building this week. Republican Mary Miller was speaking to President Trump's supporters. She said, quote, Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future. This reprehensible rhetoric has no place in our politics. Illinois Republicans cannot allow this to stand and must condemn this vile, evil streak in their party. Illinois Republican leaders condemned Miller's speech, including Congressman Kinzinger, who called it, quote, garbage. So there we go. Oh, fuck. No, there was a video of her actually saying it. Okay. Is it in the article? Because that's, that's all they show. It must not have been. Yeah, if you Son can find it, I'd like to listen to it. So she said, if you missed it, um, it well, she was, <laughs> she. I'm reading some of the some of the backtracking, but it was a quote f- from Hitler about the youth that if you have the youth, you have the people. Is that correct? Or yes. Okay. Whoever Hitler was. The, she said. Well, I'm not even going to repeat it. Yeah, but whoever has the youth has the future is the quote yeah. she was using. Yeah. I'm so, I'm sending it to you right now, Adam. Okay. Yeah, on, on the tweeters. She said this after the Capitol incident or before? No, right before. Right before. Okay. Yeah, so right before. Was she like, at the rally? She was. Oh, yeah, cool. So this kind was like. like uh, kind of like Congressmember Hawley given like the. Yes. The, the, the power fist. Yes. Uh, to the protesters that he knew damn well were on their way marching to do what they did. They, there is no conceivable world or universe in which Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and the, you know, Jim Crow caucus didn't fucking know what they were doing when they're trying to help Donald Trump steal this election. They they are fighting over who gets to claim that mantle. They're fighting over who those braying jackasses will follow next in the absence of their leader in power. Right? They want to they want to take up that mantle so that those you know, fucking swine vote for them. And this is the latest contender. Adam is the is the real video set up. Did please. you text it to me or email? I tweeted it to you. Oh, you tweeted it to me. Oh, yeah, you, just straight up. I was using all the platforms tonight, tossing me for a little. Sorry. It's all right. Consistency is not one of the things that I am known for, Adam, in so any way. you tagged me in a tweet or DM'd yep. me? Okay. I, I tagged oh, you. Go. Okay, here we go. I found it. All right, so... This uh, the title of this tweet is from Margot. It said, "Not a great look for a freshman congresswoman to be caught on tape at a rally in the nation's capital saying Hitler was." Oh my God! She said Hitler was right. Okay, now yes. we gotta watch this. Okay, yeah. Let me uh, here. I'll share this for you guys so you can see what I'm watching here. Start from the beginning. Just, like the you gotta beat. like yeah. you gotta lead up to it also. Like there's just it's a 40 second clip, so bear with us. Thanks everybody. Okay. All right, here we go. But um, Bill Montgomery, who uh, was uh, instrumental in getting Turning Point USA no masks, started, obviously. said, Mary, we need you, know, you global because pandemic. you represent the family. Hundreds of thousands have died in the U.S. Has the D.C. hospitals, Virginia, Just Maryland are all at almost capacity. I wear a mask. Okay, so this is somebody that was at the rally saying, hey, there's nobody's wearing masks because, you know, we're not all in a pandemic. And if, if uh, you can't see the video. You know, we've mask. been a few elections we're still going to be losing unless we win the hearts and minds of our children. This is the battle. Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future. 
Our children are being This woman just said Hitler was Today, right on I one thing. They're saying the quiet part out loud. Good boy. So she shouted into a PA system that Hitler was right, and that was the the quote that Sean showed me in that that yeah. earlier article. But the uh, children are the future. Now, yeah, Ashley, how the fuck? Like, I, I'm not. I would be incapable. Like I do. I would not be a successful person in office because I would be incapable of looking at these people and trying, even trying to work across. Like, how how do you do it? I mean, what do you? I mean, not not how do you do it, but like, where do you go from here? Like, what what happens? I think with something like this, here's the problem with that. Um, other than anybody ever trying to find similarities with themselves mindset wise and Hitler <laughs> we're, we're not playing cards against humanity here like this is like literally somebody in their professional capacity yeah. was like, no Hitler wasn't all too bad mm-hmm. um no th- there was not anything so- like listen I'm sure that he wasn't a shit person to every single person he's ever met in his life but millions of Jewish people and non-Jewish people were massacred and tortured. You know, I, I mean, it's just like, it, it's insane. Honestly, listen, like my, my family are not Jewish. My family were German political prisoners because they were opposing Nazi Germany. And some of my German family who were opposing Nazi Germany ended up in camps, okay? work camps, not concentration camps, which is somehow supposed, I'm supposed to feel better about that. Um, but what I'm saying is that like, this man was pure evil. Okay. If you took those words out of context and, and, and just subtracted Hitler from it, I'm sure a lot of people would not even realize and say, yeah, well, children are our future. Right. So like on its face, it doesn't sound that bad, but this is, that's the scary part. We have to understand. I, I had some activists this weekend point out to me, um, in various campaign literature in the Democratic Party, that there were some, some what I thought were subtle, but they were very up on dog whistles. And I just haven't educated myself about that stuff. Um, and, and so I bought a book about this. But what I'm saying is like, we have got to work together to not ever allow people like that to be in power because it's these subtleties that are easy to miss that that added together end up to where we are, you know, where we were this week. That's what's very dangerous about it. Right. So that woke PC shit, like that we, I think people are reacting to when Ted Cruz says something and I'm like, look, that guy's a fucking white supremacist. He's a fucking neo-Nazi. And I'm like, dude, he just said that children are the future. And how, that's a banal statement. But you know, or or when you see things like people put out statements that are just fourteen words, or you see something from cops that are that has like an eight eight on it, right? So fourteen words or some white supremacist statement that's like fourteen words long, and it's like the vision for whatever white supremacist future. Or eight eight is high eight H is the eighth word or eighth letter of the alphabet. So eight, eight is H H Heil Hitler. So symbols that people use to throw flags up for their buddies or like-minded people that when 
when they get called on it, they can just go, it's just this banal thing. Why are you freaking out? Why are you being the, you know, the intolerant left? Or why are you being so woke? Oh, you're just being woke. And it's, th- it's the same reason that it wasn't ever funny, even though it probably is the most evil thing you could do or represent on, on Halloween. It was never funny for Prince Harry to go as Hitler. Right. Right. It's never funny. Right. Just indefinitely, like, it's off the table. Right. Right. And and there is a difference between calling out that white supremacy, calling out the, the evil that you're trying to perpetuate, or the people that are that have those ideologies that you know that if you throw these symbols out, they'll fucking vote for you. You can say that you're going to go into office and you're not going to round anybody up or you're not going to do this or you're not going to do that, but that you're just happy they're voting for you because you need the votes. And all you have to do is put out a a statement with 14 words in it and have eight, eight in it somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, the impact of that on those groups is they're emboldened. They think they have it if I'm being generous to somebody who's just throwing out those flags to get them as voters, not that they definitely carry that ideology too. those people think that you are their ally in Congress. So you have to be, I feel anti-fascists are vigilant of those symbols. Um, and when they call somebody out for them, for those symbols it should be looked at as the symbol that it is. Maybe if I'm being generous, we don't necessarily have to impute that, you are regularly uh, trying to be anti or uh, anti, uh, uh, white supremacist, but uh, you you threw out one of those symbols. And also, on the on the flip side of that, this, is going back maybe an hour, um, we're gonna see a lot of scolding from people who don't understand the power dynamics, or from people who don't care, or from people who benefit from them, and I in part on the Democrats, like the Democrats, like there's a video I watched a few videos, one of whom was a kid who was right next to Ashley Babbitt when she got shot, who had blood on his hand, and he was showing it to the camera. And he was saying, I'm out here for $2,000 checks. I'm out here for because we can't get our rents paid. I forget all the things he listed off. And I'm not sympathizing with him, right? I don't, he, he stormed the Capitol. He was, God knows what he was going to do if he got on the other side of that, that, those doors. But some of those people were there, because their material needs aren't being met and they view Donald Trump as some kind of messiah who would that he is exactly but that's but that's the reality he has also you know the, the the hard part about it is that he's also told them that he would do that yeah and he can't do it alone but they don't understand the difference because our systems are complicated to, to know any better. Right. And I don't fault them for that. Most people still don't understand that we, when we vote on election day, we're voting for an electoral college that then votes for the president. I don't, I don't expect most people to ever understand that in their lifetimes. These right. systems are complicated, but he's done a really good job of continuing to be the con man that got him to the presidency in his presidency and he still is to date convincing people that he's going to be their savior when he doesn't give a lick about them and never has because all that it all that matters to donald trump is donald trump yeah he he likes to he loves to hold rallies Um, that's like his favorite thing and he knows that he can 
tout these promises at these rallies and then he knows that it's you know it's going to be very hard to achieve these things but that can then be used to his advantage and say see i tried but these you know these democrats they're going to do and then it just riles that base up and it gives them a it's it, he, he knows he's very very smart when it comes to uh, the the soundbite and the talking point because that resonates with your average voter that doesn't want to dive deep into this stuff yeah. and they they just want to get a quick little i mean i always hear this uh, from a lot of people i hate watching the news because it's so depressing and it just puts me in a bad mood and a lot of those people will listen to something that trump will say and it doesn't sound very because there's there's a there's a lot of aspects about politics that is incredibly fake i mean that's why i like that ashley comes on here with us because ashley's not talking like a robot and reading off a script but there's a lot of politicians and i went to go see a lot of them in person in this last two years that just seemed like a robot that just got off of a, a big bus and they plugged it in and it just, hello, how are you? Shake, shake hand. Yeah, There's talking think point. About how reasonable president Trump sounds when he's reading off of a teleprompter. Yeah. Somebody has worked really hard yeah. to convince him to be as close to a human being as, as he will ever be. It's different. You can tell when he's reading, cause I'm glad you brought that up. Cause we mentioned that about when you, the, the tone in his voice and his delivery, it's very different. And that, that That's speech. Right. But when he's, when he's off, you see his true colors. When he, when, you know, when KKK people like drove into the, the, the crowd of protesters and calls them very good people or like there's people on both sides. Right. Very fine or people. The, or the fact that, what did he say about this last one? These protests? I mean, this was like actively happening and he was like, you guys are great. Thanks. You guys are wonderful. Yeah, it's, a, I, it's, it's it's totally absurd. And again, uh, to your point, Sean, you ha we all owe ourselves, whether I like it or not, in some cases, we all owe it to ourselves when we, when we assume, regardless of how small our city is or how big it is, we all assume a certain level of uh, decorum and responsibility that we have as we serve in these roles. Our words matter. So that means that like, we really do owe it to our citizens to make sure that we've done our homework. And I'm gonna tell you, most people are not doing their homework. We are electing far too many people that aren't doing their homework, that are lazy as hell, that barely even open their packets to learn about the information that they have. And when you're on a local level, you don't have a swath of staff that can help with those things like in Congress, right? When, when somebody's putting a big bill and it's 900 pages, that's why you got 30 different interns and you break it up into a little bit of chunks that everybody can say, what was your section about? Okay, tell me, okay, now I'm going to go and I'm going to make the best decision that I can have because that was massive. And that's how things slip by too. But what I'm saying is that like we, it does matter. So maybe this Congress member was really trying to focus on this message and had this absurd reference that happened to be cited from Hitler. <laughs> it's just, no, no, she, no, no. Benefit of the I, doubt, but I'm just, I just saying, sent, like, but like, what the hell is going on in your head? Yeah. One of the follow-up things. So the, the news clip is what I thought the second one was that I sent to Adam. There's another one I just sent. We don't need to watch it. Okay. Uh, we'll tweet it out, but she looks down. She was reading a prepared remark. <laughs> she had planned prior to, to quote Hitler. Jesus. 
And you know that she just Googled, like, children are our future, and it came up with a Hitler uh, quote, yeah. right? Like, and whoops. she's like, wow, Hitler had a really, like, Hitler had a really good idea. Might as well just quote him. Everybody knows Hitler. Might as well quote him. Just going to say it. But it, it, it I, I appreciate that, Ashley. It's a very, uh, you know, um, the the institutions that we have aren't, necessarily meant to keep someone like donald trump on the rails they're to keep the process by which we engage in these very powerful ideas on a level playing field like the rules don't exist for you to one-up the other party or to destroy the other party the rules are made to keep the discourse on a level at which we can continue to have it right like the and and I feel as though you, I feel as though Democrats are are kind of walking in to a card game, a expecting trap. yeah, expecting not to get fucking robbed, and and the GOP's walking in, and they don't give a fuck what game it is. They've got a mask and a gun, and they're gonna take all the chips home. I get that. That's the plan, right? Like the the good faith effort to sit down and have a civil discourse about something like monetary policy or foreign policy is fucking bullshit because one of the two parties is walking in with zero uh, attempts to actually give a fuck. They just want to win and they'll do it at any cost. I mean, here's, here's the, one of the onuses that I think we have uh, when we have homegrown politicians. Okay. One we all owe it to ourselves to attend, you know, some of these events that we have where we can vet people. Because I can tell you that I had like maybe two handfuls of people come to the one that I had. Um, and there was not really a, a point of doing a second one. So what I'm saying is that there are really great events like organizations I'm a part of, which is nonpartisan. We welcome every, you know, everybody started off uh, over a hundred years ago with uh, women trying to earn the right right to vote. League of Women Voters? Right, the League of Women Voters, they serve on the board. What I'm saying is like, we host those conversations because we want people to ask those questions of the people trying to earn your tax dollars to represent you. You, you deserve like figuring out whatever questions you have. Now, certainly when I was up there, you know, four years ago, there were things that like I couldn't possibly understand, understood the like inner workings of, or maybe I just hadn't had time, you know, to, to prepare to run for office that I would have known everything. But you can get a pretty good smell test on whether somebody is, you know, should be moving forward at all. And so we mm. have to go to more of that. We have to ask hard questions. We have to do our research. We can't do this. I mean, this is the hard work, really. You know, we can't do this like the week that our ballot comes in being like, hmm. Who do I vote for? Let me right. Google so it. Vote for, like, I'm going to ask my like crazy uncle down the street. Stop. We're already doing it wrong at that point in time. Yeah. And when people are, there are way too many um, elected officials who intentionally take a smaller role because they only ever cared about getting to the top anyway. And I'm telling you, we miss it and we give passes all the time because we say, oh, well, they're just at this level. It's not a big deal. Listen, there are way too many people in our statewide elected office who are not working hard enough to continue representing us. 
So that means that we need to have competitive elections always. That means that we always deserve the best elected person to represent us. Um, and, and we just have to be, have more scrutiny with this. We get way too far down the road and allow people to have served us for a very long time. And they were never great. They never deserved to be in those roles, let alone to self-promote themselves into another mm. role. It's true. It, I, I don't know uh, on a national scale if that's ever going to happen just because of how... Uh, just how the media works and how social media works now, but maybe I'm hopeful we could get to that point. I, th I feel like sometimes people feel like they can get that smell test that you're talking about um, in debates, but I don't know. I, no. some, I used not to think debates, that not debates, but I'd say go to the, go to some of like the smaller the rallies. Yeah. You know, mom and pop like events and rallies, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think that Iowa really does have to come to terms with its caucuses and everything like that. But, but one of the things that I actually really like about the lead up to the caucus is how much like, you know, intimate access you get with all of the you candidates because yeah. you really do get to know them very well. Adam got to be the only one to kick it with Barack Obama at Kirkwood or whatever. Well, that was for this, this was a while. In, this was in uh, 2007. Um, I was in a, uh, political science class at the university of Iowa and he was, he wasn't supposed to get past the, uh, I think it was, this was well before the Iowa caucuses. He wasn't even supposed to do anything. And they just said, Hey, he's in the next room. They're filming something for HBO. Uh, you might have to sign something. And I walked in and Edward Norton was doing a documentary on which is, I think you can still get it on HBO. Um, and I sat there and talked to him and had no intentions of voting for him because I didn't really know who he was. I just heard his one DNC speech and that, that one conversation I had with him flipped me his way, mainly because of the, the issue that I brought to his table, which was, hey, what are we going to do about this dumb Patriot Act thing? And he was like, oh, OK, so this is what we're going to do. And then, of course, you know, he just went, oh, actually, now I'm the president, so I'm going to keep, you know, but whatever. That's another podcast another time. But so that that didn't end up happening. But I did. For with what Sean's saying, though, I did have an opportunity to literally sit down with him and have like a 15 minute conversation with him because nobody wanted to go in there and talk to him. It was it was so bizarre that no one and it wasn't that like I just I knew who he was. I had no idea who he was really either. Like I knew kind of who he was, but I didn't. I mean, he was just he was just a dude that gave a good speech like four years ago when John Kerry was running for president. And that's all I knew about him. But it, but you do need to have those those conversations. Um, but I also had pleasant conversations with John McCain and Mike Huckabee, and I would never vote for either of those guys, but I had good interactions with them. And I you know was, people, but do you know what my Republican friends said when Donald Trump was in his primary, they said this clown, nobody's taking it seriously. Yeah. Some of my friends are voting for him because they think it's so hysterical at the reality that he would ever imagine yeah. we would ever let him run our party yeah and here we are today yep we are so what really... i'm saying is that use that smell test ask those questions it's good yeah. everybody no you're right that's that's a very good point to make i think that's that's something people really do need to hear and it's uh it's very very important i i know i know in Iowa, I feel like we we take a higher responsibility because of the iowa caucus and stuff i don't know if that's going to happen again but we'll see but um you know, it, it, I definitely take it seriously. I know Sean takes it seriously. I know Ashley does. So we, we have kind of a different vibe in this state, which is why when, when we do talk to people 
uh, from different states uh, coming up here in the next few weeks. I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, what kind of smell test do they get? Because some of those, I mean, some of the people we're going to talk to live in battleground states, but some of the people we're going to talk to, I mean, I like one person in particular we're going to talk to from Oklahoma. Like, I don't see a lot of politicians <laughs> going to Oklahoma and having, you know, uh, rallies and stuff like I me. Mean, I know Trump does now, but you're just not going to see your average uh, presidential candidate, you know, swinging through Tulsa. Like it just doesn't happen. So what though policymakers need to be going to Oklahoma because Oklahoma yeah. is not as backwards as Iowa. And I say no, that right. with love because right. the fact that Oklahoma has it figured out about cannabis and has found a I way know. to integrate it back into their economy. Yeah. We are still so morally clutching our pearls from reefer madness saying that like this is bad we can't do this we can't figure this out yes we can folks those left-handed cigarettes are going to be the death of us all we do need to have a marijuana conversation with ashley at some point because i know you wrote a blog about this yeah uh, and and how iowa is just so backwards on this topic so we need to pencil that in sean and have a yes have a duty conversation here's the thing about iowa i love iowa so much that even when it's failing me I'm going to stay here to make it better. Good. That's, That's how good. much I love Iowa. I like it. I like but it. Some days it is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're no, especially after yeah. Time ago, but that's how committed I am. After yeah. that, after this year, it's been been a little rough, but. I did. I did pick up some edibles when I was in Colorado, so maybe I'll pop an edible, and Ashley can tell me all about uh, marijuana and stuff. And that'd be. <laughs> you mean when you're in Cal- You mean when you're in Colorado again? I mean, you I mean, left them in your lockbox in I Colorado. Mean, I mean, I because you certainly should not or could not bring those over state lines <laughs> I back really here. Shouldn't do that, right? <laughs> Colorado. I'm going to drive to Denver and do the podcast there. And, and you then- go to Colorado and you see how pristine their roads are. Actually, yeah. She's right. They're wonderful. I asked a lot of people. And you're using, you know, you're you're like ingesting, digesting your edibles, and somebody else is driving, and you're just like, wow, I've never seen a road so beautiful. I have to tell you, I talk about cannabis legislation. (laughs) I I lived in outside of Denver for a year and a half, and when I went back this last year, the influence and the money and the infrastructure is insane there. Like just just in like the small mountain towns and. I was talking to all these people about it and they're like, Oh, this is the best thing that's ever happened in this state. And they were just raving about it. So the yeah. f- I would like to explore that topic when it comes to this state. Cause you're right. Iowa is, is ass backwards when it comes to that. Um, Let me tell you, I'm a lifetime lifelong asphalt, man. Those are some nice roads. <laughs> asphalt is nice, but asphalt is nice. If they plow it right. That's the only thing. Um, I want to quickly mention this story that I saw on KCRG, which I think Ashley will be excited to see this. You probably saw it, that more Iowans registered to vote than ever before. Um, This is according to the Secretary of State's office. Our Secretary of State, Paul Pate, said as of Monday, 2.1 million Iowans were registered to vote in the state. Is that, uh, I don't know if if that's a record. Is that a record? Do we know? Or is that a that we it's not has been that high. Well, said recent streak or record-setting voter registration figures. Right. There we go. So, so I think one thing that's important contextually is that Iowa, um, <laughs> who knew? Uh, but we are we are lucky in the fact that we have a no-fault uh, absentee ballot. Some states yeah. have to actually amend their state's constitution to be able to get exceptions because of COVID to be able to mail in 
absentee ballots to vote by mail. So, so we're lucky that we don't have that. And I'm, I'm going to credit that to people like Paul Pate. I don't want to give him a ton, too much credit, but I want to say that like that is something that he's not, that he's doing a good job. The fact that we have that is very, very important because it was easy for us to do this. It's an easy tool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say that, you know, we need to have like, we need to have opt out voting, you know, so everybody is automatically enrolled unless you don't want to be enrolled sure. as a registered voter. Sure. It, it is, it shouldn't be this hard. We shouldn't allow people the assumption that the default is not voting. Yeah. And, and I'm going to come back to something that has, that has been mulling over in my mind for years. And what that is really is that if everybody voted, if we were in the 80th or 90th percentile of getting our populations to vote, I feel so strongly in my bones that we would not end up with most of the policies that we have because everybody would be in tune, they'd be engaged, they'd be following along. And that buy-in is so important, but we don't have that yet. We don't have that yet. So that's what we need to keep striving to. I actually, uh, pre-COVID, we're working with Ben and Jerry's on an, on a campaign that would have, if we would have won, we were selected as one of one of ten states national or one of ten cities nationally. Um, I believe it was just ten to participate in this uh, votingest city contest. Hmm. And had we have won, we would have gotten a an ice cream named after us. Now because of COVID. They decided they they didn't want to at the time they called it early they didn't want to advocate for people kind of moving around and going door to door um but anyway uh it, it is something that's very important to me uh through campaigns like that through the legal women voters um yeah we need everybody's hands in we, we have to we have it is it is polite to talk about politics at the table and we need to be doing it hell of a lot more oh, i know that's always like don't talk about religion or politics but i'm like uh, really are you sure like i think it's okay I like get to this yeah you kind of need to <laughs> when when stuff like this happened i think that that rule needs to to be modified a little bit there uh but yeah good news so more people are are registering to vote so i thought i'd share that too to close it up um Ashley, thank you for coming on with us and, and doing this because i know this is kind of a different vibe from the last time we had you on where you were kind of describing your role and some of the stuff you do, but thanks for coming on and doing this. And we obviously want to have you on more often. Um, Cause you know, at, at, as much as Sean and I love uh, yelling at each other about the Joe Rogan podcast, it's nice to have a third person come in here and, you know, kind of calm it down a little bit. It was very calming shot. I will say Ashley brings a very, yeah. sense of like, <sighs> you know, cause I think sometimes you and I were yeah. Actually, Sean, um, and then and then we kind of get a little aggressive, and Ash is like, "Well, hold on, let's 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 chill out a little let's bit. Let's this yeah, rationally. Let's be a little rational." I think one, one more anecdote. I think one of the things that's that's so hard about you know holding holding people accountable, rightfully holding people accountable for for how something like that happens at the Capitol, is that I've had conversations, for example, with Senator Grassley, who is third in line for the presidency. And I've said, you know that this man doesn't represent Iowa values. You know that when he's running his mouth like that, I've had it in person one-on-one with him and he's agreed with me. And I said, please talk to your friend, use your influence because this does not represent Iowa. And he said, I understand, I'm hearing what you're saying. I don't think it was garbage when he said that, but what I'm saying is that we need people to have so much more courage than they're showing us right now 
to not be a part of that, to not indulge in that, and certainly not to ride the coattails of that because they're more concerned about being elected than about doing the right thing. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. hundred percent. Couldn't, couldn't have said it any better than myself. That was perfect. Yeah. Still a little tip of the cap there. I like that. Yeah. There you go. Well, Ashley, thanks for coming on and, and, uh, let people know that are listening, how they can, uh, get more Ashley in their life with the Twitters and your website and all that good stuff. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Ashley Van Orney. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Van Orney for city council. And then I've got my, um, Ashley Van Orney council member, Ashley Van Orney, um, on Facebook. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Sean, we will be back soon. I'm not sure when that is sometime in the next week and a half. We keep setting up topics and then, you know, stuff just, uh, this, this last week was just a great, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, we have, we have a whole bunch of stuff on the docket that we want to talk about. We definitely are going to be talking to people from different States and, and kind of their take on the election process. And then of course we have, you know, the inauguration taking place or what is it next next week it's next next, next wednesday next, next wednesday. wednesday or two oh you're right yeah next wednesday sorry i made the same parlor mistake i thought it was the 19th <laughs> instead of the 20th so <laughs> all right colonel i was like sorry i'm sorry but yeah next uh, next wednesday so we'll have some kind of reaction and we'll see what happens and um and of course uh we'll, we'll definitely bring ashley on more often to uh kind of uh calm us down i i feel like that's the best way to put it ashley kind of just calm brought the room down a little bit in a good way not in a bad way so we can kind of banter without having to uh not not that sean and i get super aggressive or anything but uh it's just nice to not wrestling no no wrestling none none of that stuff but uh sometimes (laughs) i don't know sometimes sean and i will just like we'll it it, it is no we're fucking arguing about this we will i'm not letting it go yeah no bygones will be bide know if like anybody grew up with siblings and didn't wrestle oh, if you yeah. did like i want to yeah. know what your life's about like well, that's that's what a prerequisite, like growing up? It's a prerequisite. Like, everybody did at some point in time the problem with sean and i is that we will somehow stumble onto a topic that i didn't even have written down on the agenda and then we will proceed to argue about that topic for an hour and i'm like what did we just do like we we were supposed to talk about this and this and then we just start laughing and then we end the podcast but we're not like angry at each other we just start like bantering and i don't know how it happens yeah. but so ashley's a good uh, a good buffer i think for us in the future yeah. so we need to keep that in mind just to to let everybody know but ashley thanks for coming on it was it was fun and- no she's not adam <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> excuse me no she's not <laughs> thank you for having me it's always a pleasure to to uh just be you know, open and honest and, and forthcoming in our conversation and, and uh, be able to let our guard down and talk about some really important topics. That's the goal of this show. We try not to be an echo chamber. We try to just have a place where you can sit down and have a drink and relax and have a conversation because I think conversations are important. And you made that uh, that point very well uh, on this show about, you know, got to got to do the smell test. And it's very important. And I think people need to uh, to remember that. So. Thank you, Ashley. We appreciate it. And I will let uh, Sean end this podcast the way that he does so well every time we do one of these. It's another week. It's been an insurrection, but think for yourself and build some solidarity home.